Welcome to the Take Uncommon Action Podcast. I am your host, Brady Oakey from Brady Oak Fitness, founder of Tua, a training brand and fitness community focused on standing out from the crowd and taking action in our daily lives. Roll the intro. Welcome back to another episode of the Tua Cast. It's your host Brady here. I have a very special guest with me. Uh, this is a friend of mine. Ba- little backstory, mini backstory before we get into the real backstory. So, Justin and I went to school. We went to middle school and high school together. Uh, we were kind of acquaintances, but we didn't become really friends until after uh, high school. And now we're friends mostly because of entrepreneurship is what brought us together as friends and um i'm excited for this guest because justin is a very successful self-made entrepreneur and we're going to go into how how he created what he has created now which is a a million dollar company essentially um which we'll get more into details with but i like this because obviously this podcast we talk a lot about fitness and stuff but this is our chance to dive into other aspects of self-development and i think a topic that a lot of people are interested in which is money finances, entrepreneurship, all of that. So anyway, enough of me talking. Um, how's it going, Justin? Doing well, doing well. I'm excited to be here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, real quick, like, tell us what you do. Uh, yeah, so to just keep it simple so I don't bore people. Um, <laughs> I have a consulting company where I teach insurance agents how to scale their business with Facebook ads, YouTube ads, and funnels. And so while I focus on insurance agents as my niche, for the most part, I'm running a consulting coaching program. So we're teaching insurance agents how to scale their business. But at the same time, I'm now a 12 person team, I think I've got going on. And so most of my day is spent managing that team, managing the sales department. And I actually do at this point now have a 50 50 partner. So that's going to allow us to scale and grow. And I'm really excited about that. But up until last week, it was just me as a sole owner. So, uh, yeah, opera running, operating, growing, scaling a coaching business. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. That's insane. And so you're, you're 27, um, mm-hmm. just like me. And, um, I guess like, let's back up for a second. So what did you study in school? Cause you, you did graduate from um, college. So what did you graduate with? Yeah. So I went to the university of Nebraska for four years, spent most of my time not studying <laughs> uh, as in a fraternity and just, yeah, spent most of my time not learning, which is why I'm not a huge advocate of college. Uh, but right. I studied business management. That was, that was what I graduated with. Okay. So, um, I guess like really short answer. Do you think that that like helped you with what you do today or just like, not really? I don't think any of the content that I learned really helped me, but it's such a hard answer because I don't think that had I just gone into the world at 18, I would have had the you know, the ability to learn things that I did after coming out of college, I think it probably helped me learn things. I think it probably helped me with the skill of like perseverance. And I also would not have been mature enough at 18. So I think there were like some positives to going to school, but the actual content that I learned, I would not say that I'm using any of that. Yeah. So I kind of um, have a somewhat similar uh, experience with college. I mean, I, I studied exercise physiology, obviously. So I feel like that part did give me a really firm foundation for all the knowledge that I've been able to stack on top of that. Um, but 
regarding just the business side of things, I took a lot of business classes. I, I essentially minored in business. Technically it counted as like an emphasis. And I think about like all the classes I took on entrepreneurship and business and marketing and how much of it I don't use. I feel like 99% of my business knowledge has come from figuring it out on my own mm -hmm. or texting you and asking questions. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, no, that, that's, that's interesting. And so what was like your goal with that though? Like, did you always think you were going to start your own business or were you completely accepting of the fact that you were going to enter the corporate world and work your way up a ladder? Um, what do you think? That's a really good question. Um, I honestly think I went to college because it was like what was expected of me from my parents yeah. and like the expectations that were put on me. And also, I don't know if it was from my parents or society or people I grew up around, but like the connotation of people that like didn't go to college were looked at as like less intelligent, less, they were going to get Definitely. jobs that didn't pay as much. And mm -hmm. so I think because of all of those things really contributed me to just being in a situation where it like wasn't an option to not go to college. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the reason that I went initially. And then when you trace the steps backwards, I always feel like I knew that entrepreneurship was really the only route for me because I, I've probably been fired from more jobs than <laughs> I have not been fired from. Um, and any time that I was like in an employee position, I was always looking for like the shortcut and looking for ways that I could get things done without having to like put in the time to do it, right? Because as an employee, a lot of the things that you're made to do, at least in the jobs that I had, was like literally just be a body that's there in case somebody comes up and has a question or like it's just a lot of arbitrary things around it. And so what I would like try to figure out how to do is like what are they really wanting me to accomplish? How can I get that done in the least amount of time but also to like proper effectiveness and then just spend the rest of the time doing whatever I want to do. But people don't really like that as an employee of theirs. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> tip, like, I mean, I actually reward that behavior in my company now, but like in corporate world, people don't like that. So looking back, like I probably knew the entire time that I was made to be an entrepreneur in some way. But, um, when I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do for a long time. I thought that I wanted to be a lawyer again, just like everything that I, every decision I made, for a long time just had to do with the status that I was trying to achieve. Like I just yeah. wanted to be looked at and known as successful. And I really didn't know that like becoming an entrepreneur was as easy as it is today. When I graduated college, I, I thought that it was like, you have to start a company. It's going to be a startup for many years. You need to get funding, right. all of this stuff, which is like a long-term play, which as an entrepreneur, like long-term vision isn't always my strength. So that didn't even sound very enticing to me. So I was just looking at like whatever I could do to be looked at as successful. And so I thought I was going to be a lawyer for a really long time. Ended up uh, junior year figuring out that that's not what I wanted to do. But then I had no idea what I wanted to do. And then ended up just getting a corporate job for a year. And then that like, kind of leads to me figuring out entrepreneurship because I hated like every single minute of that. <laughs> I, I can relate to a lot of that myself um, uh, because I, growing up, I wanted to be in the FBI and I focused so much on like the, the, the end of it. Like, oh, I'm going to be able to like help people and like, you know, fight crime and like, it sounds great. Right. But then at the end of the day, it's like, no, I would be working for 
an organization, I would be doing paperwork. I'd have someone like telling me what I can and can't do, how many days I'm allowed to be sick per year mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I looked at the jobs that I did work and like, I always had such an attitude, like someone's telling me what to do. Like, yeah. heck no. Like I don't, I don't really do well with that. And um, I would rather um, spend all that time and effort building something myself, I guess. Um, but that's interesting. So you got into the corporate world and I guess pretty quick realized like, nah, dog, this ain't for me. <laughs> yeah. So I was offered like two, two jobs. One was a more of a sales role. And I think the salary on that was like 35,000 plus commission. And there was another one that was like all salary and it was like a manager training role. And that was 45,000 a year, which coming out of college, that sounded awesome. So (laughs) I decided to take the one that was higher. Like, again, like I had no, there was no goal. It was just like, figure out what was going to make me the most money. And like, again, make me perceived as successful, which is like, again, so, so many things that are wrong with like college and all that stuff is that like a lot of people, especially this was me like picking jobs because of money not what you're actually passionate about doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that like you spend majority of your life doing. And I don't know, there's, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but, um, went into this company and they think they have like 9,000 employees in total. So they're a pretty big corporate company. And the job was to be a manager trainee and a position that probably could have taken like two months to get us through and like trained up. up. Yeah. Uh, they, they wanted it to take a year and you're like rotating between these positions and they, what the company does, they're like a middleman between, uh, manufacturers and electricians. And it's like, they sell a bunch of electrical parts, like conduit, like stuff that I have no idea or any <laughs> interest or anything about. And so, um, really just had no interest in the job whatsoever. And they needed a couple other employees or like people to fill this like out of college role. And so I got two of my friends from my fraternity hired. One stayed in the Lincoln office and I was in Omaha. The other one who was actually my best friend, he was my best man at my wedding. He was he wanted to go into political science, so he had no interest in this whatsoever. But he, I got him a job too. And he stayed with the company for about six months. And those six months, we probably played catch in the warehouse with a football for four hours a day, like oh every single day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And we got paid like $45,000 <laughs> a year to do that. And so... Uh, you know, after playing catch in the warehouse of the football for like three months, you, you still kind of get a little bit bored of that. And so I started like looking online to figure out ways like how to make money online. Right. Because so I don't know, going back to like parents and connotation and wanting to be successful. My mom's a lawyer and my dad works for the FDIC and they're both in very like highly skilled positions. And I really got to the point where I was thinking to myself, if I wanted to even like compete and compare with them, I needed to figure out a way to make money outside in addition to my salary, because I really just didn't see the corporate ladder in this company leading up to where I wanted to be. And that led me into like, I never thought that I was going to start my own business and, and quit. I just wanted to make some money on the side and then went into creating, I, I figured out about Amazon FBA and created a weighted blanket company and there's the, like i could literally tell the story for for hours i'm trying not to <laughs> try not to talk the entire time and also try not to like drag it out for a really long time but right. um ended up creating this weighted blanket company with a buddy from high school 
he and I were business partners. I actually offered it to two other people and they turned me down that they did. Like I was going to fund it. Like I was like, I got the capital. You guys just, let's do this. Let's get rich. And they were like, no. <laughs> so they obviously, I don't know. They weren't the entrepreneurship type or whatever, but right. me and uh, my friend, Matt, we went and started this and we, so for those of you that don't know the model with Amazon FBA is you do research to figure out like what's selling well on Amazon. You then go to, find a manufacturer typically in China and then you're going to wire them money across the ocean. And then three months later, your product's going to show up in Amazon's warehouse. And then you, you kind of like play this game where you're trying to like rank it higher up yeah. on the pages. Mm-hmm. And, and so we decided weighted blankets was a good product. We, uh, so I think I, I sent $10,000. I wired it over to, nice. uh, it might have even been more than that, but it was at least ten thousand dollars. And um, we waited three months, and then inventory and stock came in the day before Black Friday, and we had ordered like two hundred weighted blankets, and I think we ordered them for like forty to forty-five, and we sold them for two hundred, and they sold out in that weekend. Awesome. Yeah, and so we made like <laughs> we made like thirty-six thousand dollars, but like fourteen or like eighteen, something like that, was profit, and we did that in a weekend. I was like, yeah. I just. Like, I know I have a partner, I have to split this, but we just made like what my year salary is in in two days. And I was like, okay, so you can make money online. This is an actual thing that just really opened my, my mind and my eyes to that. And then a few months later, I was making enough money from that business that I was able to quit my job. Right. I I think so. Okay. A few things that you said, I think (laughs) the thing I want to touch on the most is like, it opened up your eyes to like making money outside of like the corporate ladder, which I think like most people, um, both of us, at least you, you, we kind of like live, live in this world where, yeah, we look at the lawyers or the doctors and they're like, Oh, they make a lot of money. And it's so crazy. Once you start to, I mean, in, in my situation, especially with you and, and guys, just so you know, like the reason why I have Justin on the podcast is because like, he's in a sense, like my business mentor, except I don't pay him. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's essentially like uh, amongst like, yeah, we're friends too, but like, I, I owe a lot of my success to you, Justin, because of, of what you just said, like opening up my mind. And it's crazy because like, um, we look at these doctors, we look at these lawyers, you're like, wow, they make so much money. Like, that's what you got to do. You got to go to school for freaking 12 years and get in huge debt. And then, you know, in 20 years from now, then you'll start making decent money or we could follow into your footsteps and make way, 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 way more uh, (laughs) than that with out having to do all those other crazy extra steps and stuff. But, um, it's crazy. Like as far as college goes and stuff, you know, like I kind of agree where, um, sometimes it can be good to go to college in a sense where like when we were 18 years old, we, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, and sometimes it can be worth it to at least have something to do that gives you, um, forward progress for four years. Yeah. But if it's worth it, that's the, the part where I think like, maybe no, but at the same time, it's like, at least you're doing something proactive. Mm -hmm. I I guess, I guess if I were to, to, um, say my final statement on college, I'd say like, it might be worth it. Just don't be afraid to like drop out. If you find something better, uh, worth your time and and energy. Um, but okay. So let's keep going. So you had your first kind of glimpse of like, Oh my gosh, you can make money online and it's way better than money I'm making. So you quit your job and, um, then things went good for a while with that weighted blanket company, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, One thing I did want to say about what you just said about like doctors and lawyers and all that stuff. 
for the last, I don't like probably through like this, I mean, even before this, but like seventies through two thousands, right. Before like the technology age really came about, those were the skills that you would go and learn to make money. Mm -hmm. And those things are still really good skills to go and make money, but there are now new skills and these skills did exist back then, but they weren't as prevalent and people didn't know people with these skills were making the kind of money that they were. But if you learn how to do marketing, like actual, like not what college teaches you marketing, but actual marketing, you're like learning about copywriters. You're learning about like Dan Kennedy, Claude Hopkins, Eugene Schwartz, like these types of people that made crazy money, actually sending out like direct mail letters to people and selling stuff. Um, if you learn to do that type of marketing and advertising, that's a skill. If you learn it, you will never be in a position where you won't make money ever. Right. You'll always be able to just create money out of thin air. Same with sales. If you learn how to do sales, you'll be able to create money out of thin air, even through like through your own business or through, you'll always be able to get hired. So if you learn these types of skills, you are recession proof because no matter what happens in the economy, even if your business goes down, you, you have a skill that literally makes money. And so those are like the new things. And and there, there are so many more things today that are skills that make money that you don't have to go to years of schooling in order to learn, Mm -hmm. like being able to build websites, being able to, I mean, a really good thing that uh, you know, a lot of people go to school for that you don't have to is learning how to code, being able to build software. A lot of people Absolutely, can yeah. self, t- a lot of people that actually do it actually do self teach themselves how to do that rather than going to school. Same for with years. like con- any sort of content creation, videography, photography, yeah. any of that mm-hmm. stuff. Very self taught. Those are extremely valuable mm-hmm. skills these days. And yeah, so you don't have to go to school for the skills that pay a lot of money anymore. Um, so yeah, but all right, so. Yes, yeah, so I was able to quit my job. That was um, like five or six months after that first sellout, and then I re- I was making about like three to four thousand dollars a month off of just the weighted blanket business. But then things started getting competitive on Amazon. A lot more people saw that weighted blankets were trending. A lot of like gravity blanket. That's that was like my biggest competitor back then. <laughs> like they kind of took over. And I mean, this they, video they just... is sponsored by Gravity Blankets. <laughs> yeah. Get yours on Amazon. You can't find Justin's anymore on Amazon. Nope, it's gone. <laughs> no. um, but I mean, the thing is, like with what I know now, I probably could have competed with them way better. But this was just like me starting to learn yeah. anything about online. It, real quick, so um, like not to <laughs> totally like fast forward through the story, but like ended up. Um, not necessarily like it, it worked, but like it didn't in a sense. Um, but like, I, I guess what's your opinion on, on trying things and, and failing in a sense? Um, Cause you were still making money, but um, at some point it's like, you, you gotta like step back and be like, okay, like this isn't working the way it should. As soon as it got more competitive or things like that, um, like what you're doing now, is not what you're doing then. No. So failure in and all that, what's kind of like your, yeah, I mean, that. if you want to be an entrepreneur, failure is going to be a part of it no matter mm-hmm. what. Um, and like you shouldn't not do something because you're afraid to fail. Failure is what's going to teach you the most. And so like, yeah, that money was making or that business was making money, but I would still consider that a failed business because it's not it's not something that I ultimately ended up being like, this is the thing. I'm, it's like it's done today because I stopped mm-hmm. pursuing it because I found a better opportunity and literally just abandoned that. Um, so yeah, just, I can go through that story like pretty quick, but, uh, basically everything got competitive, had to learn how to make my own website, 
So that's how I learned how to do that. Then once you make your own website, you then realize, hmm, how are people going to find your website? <laughs> no one types in websites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have to learn other skills. So I learned how to do Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Google ads, Google display ads, pretty much everything that had to do with ads. I hadn't yet learned the marketing side of things, the copywriting things, but I learned how to drive traffic. I want to, I want to point out real fast. So I took classes in college, Ooh, college, this great thing, right? Um, on Google ads. And I'll tell you what, it was like so basic. Um, there's no way, like, I truly believe you cannot get good at online marketing from college. No, there's um, no chance. Is, By the time, will... like you take classes freshman year yeah. and this goes for like actual paid ads or even just like when they're nowadays, like people will graduate with a social media manager degree, mm. which is insane because the stuff they learn freshman year is going to be out of date by senior year. Yeah. And also the, the amount of how in depth they go in college is nowhere close than like, even like what you get for a $500 course. It's so much, it's so much theory. I felt like, like, oh, you just kind of do this, but it's like, if you follow like what they teach you, it won't work. Like you have to, you have to, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. You have to learn a lot on your own or through like a specific course mentor whatever it is like college sucks when it comes to marketing with any of the new types of skills like i took a sales class in college and it was i'm gonna not say any words that i shouldn't say it was not good compared to the sales training that i like like i have sales mentors today and like the stuff that they teach is probably a thousand times more valuable than what the sales class taught me in college even even courses that you've directed me to um are like literally I would say the equivalent of like a master's degree in like actual useful in the person teaching it is not like they're actually doing it they're actually running a business and you get to talk to them and you get to ask them questions about real world things that are happening yeah it's not theory it's yeah it's insane yeah I don't know how that stuff even exists in colleges like it's such a scam honestly (laughs) it really is it's like don't do what they tell you to do yeah so, yeah, so I uh, had to learn how to run all those ads. And then at that point, um, the business was getting a little bit competitive. But more than anything, I started to learn about other business models that seemed more attractive. And the first one was I had learned how to run ads. So I was like, why don't I just also run ads for other people? Because yeah, that the makes sense, e-commerce thing, it just didn't there. The fact that you have a physical product made it harder to scale. I'm not yeah. saying that e-commerce isn't scalable. There's tons of people that do mm. it. Mm, it's much easier to scale on the drop shipping side of things where you don't have physical product and you don't have to worry about logistics and supply chain yeah. and all that stuff. But it's, it's possible to scale, but it's a lot harder. So I wanted to figure out ways to scale a business that just required my knowledge because then it was infinitely scalable. And so I started out with like a service. So I started by running ads for people and so we started our own agency we in omaha we had and then we actually partnered with a guy from st louis from that i got connected with from a course that i took that taught me how to run facebook ads and we had we had so many random random clients we had insurance agents we had uh krav maga gym we had a (laughs) gas station we had an esthetician we had a dentist just like all over the place but the insurance agents and the partner that i had at that point, he had a PNC insurance agency. And so I had the insurance back, which I didn't mention. I, I worked for Northwestern Mutual in college, and that's what gave me insurance, like an insurance background. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, something too on this. Yeah. So I did that for two years in college, but then before I got the corporate job. Um, so with that experience and just running the ads for all these businesses, we found that insurance agents were 
the easiest for us to run ads for because we had the experiences. We had been in their shoes. We knew the pain that they were going through. We knew who the customer was. And so ended up working with that partner for a little bit, but then I went and ran ads for agents and agencies for myself for a while, for about two years, and then got to a point where I was like, should we scale this to where scaling this business becomes everything's a done for you, right? So every time we need to run ads for people, I need to either make sure that the current person that I have running ads can take on another client or I need to hire somebody else in order to scale. So it's gonna be a lot more laborious to scale that, mm. or we could pivot to teaching agents how to do it, and then scaling it just required me to be able to teach right. through group coaching and live calls and videos that were pre-recorded and put into a course. And yeah. that seemed way more scalable. And also, we I had people that I was running ads for in the past that asked if I could just teach them, and they got better results than the ones that I was actually running ads for. So in every single arrow was pointing towards just teach people how to do it and consult them on how to do it. Because when you can bring them in and have them be a part of the equation and part of the solution, they're creating, they're adding their own stories. They're adding their own experiences to the marketing, to the advertising, to the messaging. It's more genuine and people can feel that when ads are going out, when people are coming in to watch a video for these insurance agents. And because of that, they were just getting much better results. So transition to that. And that's what I've been doing since January of 2019. So about three and a half years now. Okay. And so at some point, we're going to talk numbers real quick. Cause I think, I think everyone wants to, to know that. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so I know yeah. I do. Whenever I'm listening to any sort of entrepreneur, I'm like, okay, but how much do you make? Yeah. But, um, okay. So real quick. So that's 2019, but it was more recent. I want to say like a year, year and a half ago when, you really like established like, okay, we're, we're good to go. Like, this is exactly, this is what I'm doing now. This is my new company. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So first of all, what's your company called? It's now called insurance advertising masters LLC. And you, when was like that launched? Um, so when we first started in 2019, it was called final expense leaders right. for okay. insurance it, agents. Most people watching probably aren't too familiar with insurance. So, uh, one type of insurance is final expense. And that's what we started with is just focusing on that and, teaching people how to generate very, mm -hmm. very uh, simple leads using Facebook lead forms. And then I actually had a partner when I started that business and I could talk extensively about business partners, but yeah. it didn't go well. We started make, we had a month where we did 40,000, like three months into this business. We did, we weren't running any ads or anything. So we made 40,000 in one month and um, just things got ugly with that business partner right. and lawyers got involved and I basically couldn't work for eight months or so. And then November, 2019, I, uh, ended up getting everything with the business and then the business became mine. And then I, uh, renamed it at that point. And that's, I guess that would be kind of the launch to that business. But I was at that point running a, I, I, trying to figure out what all to explain. So, <laughs> so prior to that, we sold a course. It was like really just a course. It wasn't a full coaching program. It was just videos and we charged $2,000 for that. Then after the whole business partner debacle, he had his own, he ended up creating his own competing business and I didn't want to be positioned the same as him in any sort of way. And right. so I knew he was probably going to maintain the $2,000 price point. So in 2019, when I took over the company myself, I switched to a monthly subscription model. Okay. I so think I remember that. $200 up front and then a hundred dollars a month. Mm -hmm. 
that I would say would be the launch of that, that new company with that new name. Um, but I ran that for about six months and then started creating my new higher ticket course. And that's really where things started changing big for my business. And we launched that in October of 2020. Okay. So we are still under two years from that, I guess we'll say. And one thing to point out, because I think this is, uh, this is pretty interesting. So obviously like one thing I'm noticing here, uh, the pattern I'm noticing is that you're able to pivot when necessary, change directions, learn new skills. And it's not like an ADHD pivot. It's not like you see another shiny object and you're like, Oh, what's that over there? You, you stuck to your skills that you learned the entire time. All you did was add new skills, learn from what was actually going on on the battlefield and then make adjustments as necessary. Um, and so the, the adjustments you've made, okay. So we started from like, you know, um, the whole blankets thing to learning, you can make money online to learning how to market to that, finding a niche in the industry that, you know, which we'll talk about in a second with insurance agents to creating digital courses, to consulting, to finding the right price point. And here we are today. How much do you make per month? (laughs) So last month we did our first month over 300,000 in revenue. At yes. about a 35% profit margin. Yeah. Epic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, and hearing stuff like that, it just, it totally like opens up my mind so much to what's really possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's, I think that's really special and something you already know, but I think the listeners might find this interesting um, from like a knowledge perspective. It's like, if you want to create like an epic online company one really good thing you can do is starting with the service because 100% profit. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it, that's if you keep things organic and you start, you know, marketing and stuff. But th- th- that's so great because you can see these other companies. Let's talk about Alphalete. I'm wearing an Alphalete t-shirt right now. I love Alphalete and they make a lot of money. That is such a hard business to create. Like, wow, talk about going against the current and doing things the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, not only does Christian Guzman, the owner of of Alphalete, not only does he have to forecast and put orders in over 12 months in advance, he has to then like hope that they come in looking all right. The t-shirts might not fit correctly and he could waste literally tens of thousands of dollars. Um, he has to make sure they, they get to America on time. Then he has to market and he has to do all of that. He has to pay all, you know, for all the marketing, online marketing. He has to pay all the influencers, everything. Once everything sells, he might not sell that well either. You know, he might have a a warehouse full of clothes that didn't sell that he Mm -hmm. made no money on. And then after all that is said and done, then he gets a profit. When you monetize a skill, it's like you offer that skill and you get the money and then that's it, period. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and there's something that you kind of glazed over there with like the marketing of Christian is that he also had to develop all those relationships. And so like now he's able to, you know, pay influencers and things like that. But mm-hmm. say, you know, somebody's out here, they're like, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to start a clothing company like Alpha Lead, or I want to start a supplement company. Like these are the things that are, are cool. Like a lot of people think, oh, I want to own a cool business. Yeah. And those are some of the most challenging businesses to start, especially if you don't have relationships or a giant following or both. Mm -hmm. Because yes, Christian probably pays influencers and things like that. But if you are no one and you just start reaching out to influencers and you're like, yeah, Yeah. they, no matter how much money you tell them, they, they won't, they don't want to put an offer behind their name that they don't know is going to be proven. And so 
yeah, that, I mean, that model is insanely hard to start, especially that way. And now if you got really good at Facebook ads or something like that, you could maybe do it. But then as you were saying, like you still have uh, out of the, what you're selling, you still have a big cost of goods sold that you mm -hmm. have taking away the margins uh, completely. And so, yeah, those are really, really tough businesses to start. You also said something about the pivoting that I've done. Um, I just wanted to add this, this yeah. tiny little anecdote. So I, uh, at the end of the weighted blanket curve or like segment of my life, um, before figuring out that creating a coaching consulting company was uber profitable and extremely scalable, I kind of was like, let's just go all in on this weighted blanket business. So I put in an order. I think the biggest order I had put in up to that point was like 300. And we really like didn't sell through it the same way we did the first 200. But I was like, let's Sucks just when that happens, doesn't it? Right. I was like, let's just go, let's go after it. Right. And so I ordered a thousand blankets mm. and then, and this time I was like new colors, new covers. Like I added more customizations, more variables because everything up to that point was just blue and one size, one weight. This time I ordered way more, way more sizes, way more variables. They had a removable cover instead of one that was connected. I literally changed everything. And that was probably the stupidest thing I've ever done in my business career because <laughs> I ordered way too many on a non-proven thing that was continuing to get more competitive. And then because I did something that I wasn't used to, I actually didn't like the fact that I had had them packaged where the cover was separate from the inside. And this is like very in the weeds things. But what that led me to do was kind of freak out because as they were shipped, I was like, I don't think this is a good idea anymore. So I pivoted and, and got them sent all to my house. <laughs> all 1,000 blankets, instead of going to an Amazon warehouse, they got sent to my house. And I, I had, uh, I, like I knew I was gonna make money on this, and this is one of the things that we can talk about is like spending money when maybe you don't even have it. Like I knew that I would get a return on this, so I actually pulled out a loan for these 1,000. And I think that I went into about like 70 or $80,000 of debt from just that and then when you when you add up over the next several years um those sitting in a warehouse not doing anything i actually ended up being in one hundred ten thousand dollars worth of debt up until last june and i paid it off that we can get into that in a second <laughs> but um i knew i'd be able to make money off of it so i put myself into at that point like seventy to eighty thousand dollars worth of debt and then once they arrived i was I, I figured out this other model of the coaching company and how much better of an opportunity that was and I literally didn't do anything with those blankets for two years. So $70,000 worth of debt sitting there that I was owed to a bank and these blankets came and I was like, I need to focus on this because it's such a better opportunity that I'm willing to sit with this like big yeah. pile of what would be fear for most other people. I was like, it doesn't matter. I need 100% focus on this business no matter what. And so I stopped worrying about that. I don't recommend anybody doing this, but it was uh, some of it was on business credit cards, I stopped even paying those because I knew that I would make so much money over here in this business that I just needed to get this out of my head. And so those came and arrived. I didn't even worry about them. My mom ended up honestly selling like 200 of those on Facebook Marketplace because she had more fear and anxiety about it than I did. <laughs> She's wow. like, we need to start moving these. Um, but like I got myself into such a hole that most people would be so afraid to pivot from. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care about how much money I'm in. I see this opportunity over here. I'm going to chase that. 
And also rumor had it that you slept with a new blanket every single night that year. <laughs> no, no, I did not do that because that probably would have been uh, $200 of inventory every single night. So that probably would have been too smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that, that is insane to me because you're right. I think most people would freak out, mm -hmm. uh, me included, and think that like, no, I have to figure this out rather than like, okay, wait, like in the grand scheme of things, this isn't even going to matter because... We're going to just like kind of keep going yep. and with your business model now, I mean, so we, we just talked about how it's a service oriented, so that's brilliant. Um, but also a couple other things that's so smart about it is you're focusing on helping other people make money. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts, but I think that's pretty much the smartest business model. If you can help people make money, that's going to be number one. I would say, um, like health, wealth and relationships. Those are the, the, the three evergreen things. Yep. And I'm in the, the health side of things with fitness coaching and stuff. But even then it's like, I think people are willing to spend more money, um, on making money than they are. Um, just getting fit. Maybe you would disagree. I think for sure. Like, I mean, I see non ROI offers that do crazy money every single month, like in these masterminds that I met. So like, when I say ROI offer, like something that you can make the money back on what you're spending, mm -hmm. like a business offer. But I, I truly think that it's a little bit of a limiting belief for you. <laughs> I think that anything in the health, wealth, and relationship evergreen niches, you can charge a lot of money for if you bring a lot of value. And you may not be able to charge the same amounts, but typically in... I just think about people spending money on Dogecoin and being like, yeah, F it. Here's $20,000. Please don't crash on me. <laughs> yeah but that's i mean <laughs> that's just gambling that's just people people will go spend money at casinos too but the thing is that like with health and with the relationships money, yeah, keep going. with health and relationships you may not be able to charge as much i think you should i think i think you should charge more than you do but with health and relationships <laughs> you may not be able to charge quite as much but you typically have a bigger tam which is a total addressable market your market that you're advertising to is typically bigger. So you should be able to do more volume with those. Right. Meaning that your business can still be just as much, if not even more scalable. Right. And that's actually um, the, the third thing. So I was going to say that why your business model is so brilliant. Like not only is it focused on helping people make money, um, not only is it a service, but also lastly, like it's infinitely scalable um, with a digital course and everything. Right. Um, real quick. Okay. So, you think that I should be charging more for, okay. Just for the listeners, how much do you think I should charge for my coaching? I'm not going to, I'm not going to give all my prices out right now, but just know I, I charge currently a little over $200 a month for my one-on-one -on -one well, coaching. I specifically pay you more. So it will give you, so I am, for those listening, I am a client of Radius and I pay him $250 a month because I want to give him inspiration that he can be charging more. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know what you should be charging at a monthly price, but like giving you just straight up business advice, mm -hmm. I think that you should figure, well, I think you should figure out a way to make your business more scalable, but I do know that you have a lot of loyalty to your customers and wanting to make sure that they get the best quality product. Um, but I mean, there's people out there doing fitness offers that charge 5,800, 7,800 for like a six week program or six, uh, 12, more like a tw six month program, like 12 weeks, anywhere from like 12, 12 weeks to six months. But so you're looking at, um, so about like thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Because the thing is like when you, it's all about positioning too, mm -hmm. right? So if, if you're positioned as I'm going to charge for myself doing these things on a monthly basis, you're, you're really trading your time for hours. 
Whereas if you position it as to, I will get you this result in this amount of time, people aren't paying you for your work. They're paying mm. you for the result you'll deliver. Yeah. And that is more valuable than just your time. Yeah. I, I, because you've built agree. up the skill yeah. and the ability and also the amount of time that you spend literally going through scientific articles and dude, I know other people in the space don't do that <laughs> stuff. And so like you, you're constantly on YouTube, you're constantly researching new things. You're constantly, especially about muscle building, like, you know, a lot of people have the latest trend on, on weight loss and all that stuff. But like when it comes to building muscle, you are constantly doing research on these things and that, that in itself is valuable. And the amount of time, okay, so look, think about it this way. If somebody went to someone else that didn't have the knowledge that you had, and their, their specific goal is to build muscle, and they paid that coach $200 a month for an entire year, yet they didn't have as optimal or worse, that trainer just sucks and like doesn't know anything, and they don't build any money in that 12 months, they've paid for nothing. Whereas if they pay you over that amount of time and they build muscle in a way quicker amount or like way better because you are training them optimally, it's worth the extra money. Cause at that point they're whatever, 200 times 12 is 20, <laughs> 2,400 in the hole with no results when they could have paid you for half the time, the same amount of time yeah. and gotten way better results. And that's because you're constantly, that's where like value comes into play because you're you're a coach that's constantly looking for what's actually working, not just the next best mm -hmm. thing, but like science-based factual stuff. And you will correct your clients if they go down on those rabbit holes and you will save them time with building muscle or losing weight, whatever it is, all that stuff stacks up value. Yeah, okay, so I think um, a few things to talk about here would be maybe like um, relationship with money. I think a lot of people have bad relationships with money. And so tying that into what we were just talking about, for instance, like I have been increasing my prices gradually over time for a few reasons. Number one, I'm getting better at what I do. Um, I'm coaching more people. I'm smarter. I've been coaching for six years now. And with that, yeah, my prices are going to go up. Um, the other side of it, it's, it's not necessarily out of greed, but I've literally seen this directly where the more I charge, the better clients I get, the more they take it seriously, the more committed they are. Um, I kind of get to bypass the clients that, aren't serious like when you have someone dm you hey will you coach me for free and it's like first of all that's really disrespectful but yeah. second of all it's like i could coach you for free you won't take it seriously like you're not going to do anything yeah um and i used to dude i used to charge 25 dollars for yeah. six weeks of macros and i had people tell me a they couldn't afford it you'll actually get better clients for for free than something that cheap Huh? You'll yeah. actually like if, if you were like, I'm going to coach for free, you would get better clients than yeah. $25. Yeah. 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 So I, I would have people tell me like, yeah, they couldn't afford it. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> um, or like they just wouldn't follow through. And so, um, as my price started to get up, I started to get better clients. That simple. That's the whole purpose. Like I'm not here to waste my time with people that don't care. And I'm also not here to like, um, to, yeah, to, to like have people not fully committed and, and bought in. Um, I heard this line the other day. Um, it's probably been going around social media, but when people pay, they pay attention because that's, true that's too, a good but. one. But <laughs> if somebody like asks on a sales call, like, can you do it less? But this is the same thing. It's like, if I charged you less, would you trust me more? Right. That's and, a really good way. And no, like, no, if, if, if you give a discount, you're not incentivized to do as good of a job as you yeah. were. And also like, if you look at any product, like the more expensive one is a better product in most cases. 
especially for service-based things because people wouldn't pay it if you weren't worth it. And I don't know, you, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough call because like you want to be able to help everybody, but at the same time, like you have, you started a business because you want to help a certain type of person, Mm -hmm. a very specific type of person. And no, you don't want to leave people out, but also you want to coach people that are very serious about what they're doing. You can't help everyone in a business. Like even if you want to, you can't, you can't serve everyone. So first of all, I don't even get complaints about my prices. I get more people telling me I should be charging more. (laughs) There you go. But uh, I think there are people out there that not just, not just with my company right now, but just any company, they might see entrepreneurs or business owners or companies as greedy if their products are more expensive. Like if they found out your course is $8,000 or whatever, they might be like, whoa, that's like so stupid. This is blah, 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 whatever. Um, but I think that comes down to people's relationship with money. Um, if people see my coaching as too expensive, it's probably because they're really afraid of spending money, probably because they have a bad relationship with money. Um, probably because they have, um, uh, like, uh, what's, what's the word? Not abundance. The other one <laughs> scarcity, a scarcity mindset when it comes to it. So they, they think like they're typically in a situation where like they themselves are trading time for dollars. So every mm-hmm. single dollar they make is, is really like valuable because the most valuable thing that we have is time where you're literally trading every single hour you have for money and you don't make money when you aren't spending your time making that money then the money becomes more valuable because like for me, like the reason I, like, I would probably pay you a thousand dollars a month because you will get me better and faster results. Now, bill right now, now here's the thing. I need to actually listen to what you tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, but, and if you get me better results faster, that allows me to achieve my goals faster, which will allow me to have more energy, be healthier, which is going to go back into my business. But even if it didn't, didn't be a, if it wasn't a business, it would go back into a job, which could lead to a promotion. Or if you're in sales, it could lead to more sales. Mm -hmm. Like you got to tie everything you're doing into how can it, you don't have to, like, you don't want every single thing you ever think about to be about money, but to have this like positive relationship with money, you need to think about all the non-direct areas in life that spending more money will actually make your life easier and get the results and things you're looking for faster, which should then lead to more money ultimately. And so, yeah, I mean like you being able to, so like I would pay you a thousand because if the alternative was to pay somebody 200, but I didn't get their attention, but for a thousand I could get your attention, which would get me faster results. I'd be able to ask you questions whenever I want things like that, Mm -hmm. that's worth it to me because I don't want to spend my time chasing somebody around. I don't want to spend my time working with somebody that's not actually going to care or be present or things like that. And so there are people that are out there that want that more, they want more attention, they want more things like that, and they're willing to pay the premium for it. And they also want somebody that's done the research. Like if I was with a coach that was $100 a month or $200 a month and, and I asked them, okay, what do you think about, like I... I don't know. I'm on YouTube and I learn about keto and I'm like, what do you think about keto? And then they have to be like, I don't know. Let me go research it. (laughs) That's going to take time. And then also they could give me a wrong answer, which is really going to take time on my results. Where if you just tell me upfront all the reasons you think keto is stupid. And then you tell me scientifically why that is. And then you save me from going down that rabbit hole. That's going to save me time on my results, but it's also going to save me time that I can then be working on my business because I'm not thinking and researching keto for myself. I can just ask you that stuff. Very abstract example, but that's yeah the point I'm trying to get across. <laughs> like Everything with money for me is like, 
can I spend money to make this easier or faster so that I can spend my time, which is my most valuable asset, doing the things that I love, which is spending time with my wife, my kids, my family, or doing things that I like. And so being able to pay you more in order to not have to go research and do this on my, my own, or to be able to get my exact macros, I don't have to calculate that myself. All of these things save me time so that I can have more of the number one most valuable asset. I think, I think people, um, okay, first of all, I think people, if they can't afford my coaching, I think you need to figure out the money situation first before you start trying to hire a fitness coach because yeah. um, if you just simply aren't making enough, like I'm not even talking about your spending habits right now, hopefully your spending habits are good. But if you're just simply not making enough money, like I guess we're here to tell you like you, you really can, but you need to have some sort of mindset shift. I think for starters, understanding that people who make a crap ton of money like aren't more special than you. Hey guys, I quickly wanted to remind you about a premium online coaching service available on our website at takeuncommonaction.com. Stand out from the crowd and achieve your fitness goals by joining the team. Now back to the podcast. And so, I mean, like in this, in this episode, like obviously we have Justin right here who makes what, 20 times more than the average American. I think we calculated yesterday it was 23 times. 23 times. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you make 23 times the average American. I'm not going to say how much I make, but I think it is three times the average American. And like, I don't, I really don't think we're that special <laughs> in all honesty. I think we're very, I, well, I think we should talk about that. Like what, what do you think um, makes us or yourself different? Like for, if I were to say, I would say for starters, um, I do think I, I had, a, I have a lot more discipline than most people, but I feel like anyone can become more disciplined. I feel like I'm very energetic and passionate about certain things, but like anyone can be, energetic and passionate about something that they're passionate about. Um, I think I have a certain amount of resilience where I'm willing to do whatever it takes, no matter how long it takes to get my goal. Um, in, in that case with the business side of things, like I was poor, bro. <laughs> I mean, you were friends with me during that. Um, in college I was poor. I was, I was just doing the whole student loans thing and working stupid jobs. I didn't like trying to make a few bucks here and there. Um, even when I, after college, when I specifically did not get a job because I knew what I wanted to do, that came at the cost of me not being able to support my family very well and, and being very tight on money. Maddie and I were like, our monthly budget was, I don't know, $1,500 with an apartment mm-hmm. um, and, and doing odd jobs here and there. Like that was the sacrifice. But in my head, I'm like, no, I'm going to get there. So a certain resilience was there, but like all these attributes that like I'm explaining right now, anyone could do that. Right. So what about you? What do you think? Um, I did. I think for me, it was just that I, I wanted it a lot. Like I was willing to do whatever it took. I, I hated the alternative so much that I'd rather do anything in the world than, <laughs> than work for somebody. And also just like, I don't know, not make a lot of money. <laughs> do you <laughs> like, think it's fear that stops people from, having that mindset though because if you were to ask anyone making like i don't know an adult making 50 60k and be like hey would do you wish you made more money they'd be like yeah bro i wish i made more yeah money. but they don't they don't want it enough to do hard things okay like i literally was at a point where i was like if like i'd rather you know put send ten thousand dollars across the ocean than not have more more money i would rather um you know wake up 
and work six hours a week from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. for two years than not have more money. I would rather literally risk everything. I would. Here's here's the big thing is that like when starting a business, most people are in too big of a hole in their financials. They pay too much for their mortgage. They pay too much for the food they eat. They pay too much for their car. And all of a sudden, before you know it, the beginning of the month month hits before you make a dollar you already owe 3000 or 4000 in expenses. And that's a very hard place to be in when trying to start a business. And so the biggest thing that people don't sacrifice is, the biggest thing that people don't sacrifice is their comfortability that they have right now. And so for me, like when I started my business, my expenses every single month, 250 for rent. We luckily got into a place that like my grandpa only charged us 250 for rent. I'm not saying that that's possible, but you can go find pretty cheap places to live. Yeah, um, definitely. Keep your groceries really, really small. And then like, if you're like, figure out a way to not have expensive car payments. Like if you can keep your payments under 800 bucks or a thousand bucks, you have a way better chance of starting a business and quitting your job and, and becoming an entrepreneur than having 5,000 or 10,000 in expenses every single month. And most people aren't willing to give that up in order to, in the short term, in order to build a business that will get them something even greater in the long term. I think if, if they realize like what we're trying to say here, like what I was saying is like every, like we're not that special, I guess. Um, maybe they believe in themselves a little bit more. Like they say, Oh, well, Justin's only making 300 K a month because you know, he probably went to Harvard or he's like this brilliant guy or whatever. And like, I mean, you are a smart guy, but it's like, yeah, in, no, in like, high school and middle school, like I went to school with you. I, you didn't stand out that much, man. Yeah. You were pretty just normal. Right. You know, you were like everyone else. Everything that like has been a developed skill in me has come from hard work. Mm -hmm. Like sales, it's spending hours just learning sales. So you weren't a natural born salesman? No, dude, I'm the least natural born salesperson. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly like in most situations an introvert. I'm like an introverted extrovert, but like yeah. I don't, like even to this day, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm good at sales, but I, I don't like taking calls. I do not like getting on the call with strangers. I don't like doing that. But if I have to, I can turn it, it's like being an actor. Like I can turn that on. But that came like the first time I did a call. No. How then, many how many sales calls have you done? Do you think, in your business, over the last like four or five years? Well, I haven't done a sales call in two years. Okay, but, but <laughs> I, I, pro I probably did three hundred. Okay, myself. So it took like three hundred to get to the point now where you're like, yeah, like I can turn it on. It probably took like a hundred, and then the last two hundred I did really well on. Right. Yeah. Um, People will do like three and be like, dang, I suck at this. Yeah. I'm never going to be successful. Right. Yeah, and then um, with creating content like i have a youtube channel out there that nobody should ever go find that <laughs> has awful videos and like now i'd say i'm pretty decent at talking in front of a camera but like everything that you're gonna do you're gonna suck at at the beginning um but i don't know i mean you, i agree with you 100 that like pretty much anyone you see any organization when you look behind the curtain they're they're like not there's nothing really that special about most people except for like elon musk um, right. Or people like that. There probably are a few like special yeah, people. hundred percent. But I, I think what it comes down to is resilience, like, resiliency, like you said, and just doing the things that most people are unwilling to do. But the reason that they are things that people are unwilling to do is because most people just won't do it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we can, we can tell people just try hard and, and push through it. But at the end of the day, most people aren't uncomfortable enough to 
to do it or they don't want it enough to go through and like learn learn those skills or push through for hard things or anything like that yeah it was it was 2018 um when i was creating my well i was creating my my new year's goals for 2018 i've talked about this in a past podcast but i kind of set my new year's goals around i I do create like i want to accomplish this you know like very like like check off the list type of situations but i usually build my new year's resolutions off of some sort of phrase or like theme and in 2018 um i just kind of like had this this phrase in my head going into the year of like, okay, this year, like I want to like be uncommon. Like I want to not be average at anything I do this year. And that was the year I really started to take a lot of new opportunities. I became very opportunistic, which was kind of like part two of my new year's resolutions was like be an opportunist, Mm -hmm. um, which led down a million things. I won't even go to, but a, a lot of things, summer shredding, like taking a team to that happened because of that new year's resolution building a whole lot of friends and relationships that I wouldn't have previous came from that mindset of like, I'm going to be uncommon. I'm going to be an opportunist, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's like, that's, that theme is really powerful here because <laughs> I got thinking when you were talking, it's like, you know what? Yeah. Like Maddie and I were married when we graduated college and we moved in with my parents. Like a yeah, lot of people, people would not going to do that. that. No, they're not. <laughs> and, and I, you know, we were like, I don't want to say embarrassed. We really weren't embarrassed, but like we were definitely, um, it wasn't an ideal situation by any means, but we saw, we just kept saying like, we're going to do this, you know, like we, we knew that we were going to create the six figure fitness companies that we have created now. Like we, we knew it. And so it's kind of cool now because first of all, I love looking back on like my old Instagram. Like I got these posts from like four years ago. that are just like, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to graduate. I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to chase my dreams, blah, 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 blah. And then when it happens, um, you, you can't like, you're not really that surprised because it, it's very cool though. It's very cool. The first time you hit like, I don't know, 10 K or something like that. You're like, you're like, wow, like it's here, you know, but it, it's not like, oh wow. I am so shocked that I made it. It's like, well, I knew that was going to happen eventually, you know? Right. Um, it, it's very cool. What it comes down to honestly, and anybody can develop this. It's just, it's the same thing with like getting fit. It's like, do you want it enough to do it? And what it comes down to is having the vision to know what you want to do and realize it takes sacrifices in the short term to get what you want in the long term. And whatever that means, that's what you have to do. Yeah. I want to talk about that real quick. So first of all, we do have some questions we're going to answer that Instagram um, has asked us. Um, I did a Q&A on Instagram, but real quick to talk about like really applicable actions people could take. So right now, there's going to be listeners right now that are really motivated and they're going to be like, you know, I've had ideas in the past. I do want to make more money. Like I do want to better myself. All these things, they're, they're really hyped up. They're really motivated. Um, but what, what can they do? Yeah. So I, I was debating bringing this up, but earlier we were talking about relationship with money and, um, I would say like what you probably, anybody that's in this situation and they probably, found a course or some sort of skill that they want to develop and they're on the fence of whether or not they should, they should do it. I've spent well over a hundred thousand dollars on courses and mentorships. Like I'm in one that's $52,000 per year right now. So my thing for you would be is if you want to take action, figure out a skill to learn. Like again, we're addressing people that want to start their own business. If you, if that's not you, then, then that's completely fine. But like, I'm assuming people listening to this podcast are going to be very interested in being an entrepreneur, making more money, maybe even, quitting their yeah, jobs. Yeah, even guys, even if you're in the corporate world or you have a job that you love, like 
I, I guess in, in a sense, like just the be uncommon mindset, the, you know, the take on common culture um, or take on common action culture. Uh, it, it's like you're still trying to progress in some sort of way. So yeah. that means in your job right now, like getting that promotion or becoming the yeah. boss or whatever, like there's definitely ways to grow even in your company, but so, specifically for entrepreneurs, I guess. Yeah. So it'd be whatever that first skill is or that next skill that you need to develop that's going to make you more money, whether it be in your business or as a salesperson or in a corporate world, I guarantee there is a very solid coaching program or course that's out there right now. Go pay to accelerate the time it takes you to learn that skill and you will, that's the number one thing you can do, right? Mm -hmm. Is is pay for a course or pay for mentorship or pay for something that is going to develop a skill in you and then you commit to doing it. So if you're buying a course, commit to going through the entire thing, doing every single action step that person has, asking questions when you need help and commit to learning it. Because most courses these days, if you don't get results or you don't learn something after doing all of that, then they're going to give you your money back. But there's really not that many people that are like scamming that are actual like big names, especially if they have social media following. That's not really a thing. So I would just like decide, first of all, like what you're most interested in and then figure out some sort of way you can pay for somebody to teach you how to do it faster. And then, yeah, that's like my first thing that I would recommend. Yeah. Um, with that, like, I think that's, that's excellent. Um, if you don't have enough money for that, then start saving. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. And I think a lot of times, um, the, some, cause like the number one thing you can invest in, in yourself. And so if, yeah. if yeah, you don't have enough money right now, it, it's scary. It's a hundred percent scary. But when you invest in a course, you're truly investing in yourself. When you invest mm-hmm. in a coaching program, when you invest in learning a skill, you're investing in yourself. So as long as you're committed to making it work, you will typically be able to get an ROI on any of these types of things. And so, yeah, yeah save up save $1,000, even if it takes six months or a year, and then don't be scared to spend that money to upgrade yourself. It's like Madden, right? You, you, can, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can literally spend money to upgrade your skills, make your speed up to 99. Like, yeah. like we can do that in today's world, but with money-making skills. Yeah. I, oh, I talk a lot about that um, personally with my you know, personal brand, but also on the podcast and everything. Like we're kind of here in, in this culture we're obsessed with just like leveling up in all aspects. So like I talk about the books I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I take that very seriously. I talk about, you know, obviously my fitness goals, but also like the mental fortitude that comes with it. So this goes hand in hand with that guys. Um, finding some sort of course, um, some sort of mentor you can talk to some, someone that's doing better than you just has Justin has helped me um, in a lot of ways. Like, not only are you going to build a skill that you need to know to monetize whatever it is that you're going to monetize, but also from a mindset perspective, you're going to realize that these people who are making a crap ton of money are way less stressed about money than you. And like, that sounds really stupid, like obviously, cause they make so much money, but like, no, they, the reason they made so much money is because like they, they didn't over respect money that I think a lot of people do today. They think it's like hard to come by and mm-hmm. like, there's only so much of it. Let me tell you what, there is an abundance of money out there. People, this is key right here. People want to spend their money. People make money and work their whole lives so that they can spend it. So if you can create a, a solution to a problem or a product that people like or whatever, people want to spend their money on something. So they might as well spend it on you. Yeah. Um, and if you can learn that and, 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 and kind of like respect yourself enough to believe that you are someone that deserves to make more money, then you're going to live your whole life differently. Yeah. I, I did a talk for my church and it's on my YouTube channel about money and how it's just a flow 
of currency, right? And it literally like means nothing, but so many people hoard onto it mm. and their whole lives are centered on money. Yeah. The and more if, you make, the less you think about money. What you were saying is that like the people that have more money, they're not stressed about it. But what he means by that, like even initially, you have to detach yeah. yourself from what that money means. Like mm. if you lose it, you have to be in a mindset that I could lose all of this tomorrow and I'll be completely fine because I'll be able to make it back. Like you will, like there's, you'll never, as long as you have a job, like you will make it back. You might lose it, but you'll be able to make it back. And then guess what? You will have learned something from that experience. No matter what, you're never going to come away with zero. Mm. You're going to come away with knowledge at like that. That would be the zero. You come away with knowledge, but nine times out of 10, you're going to come away with a much better position and be able to make more money. You're going to have a skill. You're going to have a business depending on what you invest in. But you just need to completely lose that detachment to money and just realize that like, I mean, the other thing too is like, you know, I'm a person of faith. So the way I was able to do it is that like, you know, if I spend this money and I completely lose it, like I just trust that God has my best interest in mind and like, it'll all get figured out. But mm. you know, even if that's not the case, just detach yourself from hoarding onto money no matter what, because nothing will ever come back with fruit if you don't let the money go out in the first place. A belief system that I've picked up recently um, regarding, because, yeah, we're we're both Christians. Surprise. Um, <laughs> it's out there now. Uh, I And whether you believe in God, I don't think it matters that much here um, it, with the context I'm coming this, from this. But I, a belief system I've picked up this past year is that God actually wants me and everyone else to make money, like a lot of it. Because something, actually, we went to the same conference um, like in February and that that's what kind of stood out to me is like making money allows you to give more in a sense. Uh, but also like people will care more mm -hmm. like as much as I want to change the world and do good in the world, which I do, no one will care unless I have money in, in all honesty. Um, and, and the more money I can make, you know, like the more good I can do in the world, the more impact I can have in the world. So like me believing that compared to the old me that didn't believe that you kind of feel bad especially maybe other christians out there where like oh like rich man can't make it to heaven right um i think context in that really matters yeah um this is okay i'm gonna go into this this is this is kind of nerdy but uh, i was reading the book sapiens which is it talks about like the history of the world basically and the the author of it is atheist by the way but he brought up um during jesus's time how um, first of all it was an empire so there literally was like there was a, a pie of money, let's say, and that pie never got bigger. So if you got money, it's because you took money from someone else, from a pie that was not getting any bigger. Mm. And it did rain from the top. The, the freaking Roman guy, whatever, uh, <laughs> the Caesar, whatever, he had all the money and then it trickled down from there. Mm -hmm. So back then, that biblical verse, like it's easier for a rich man um, or for a, uh, a camel to make it through the eye of a needle than a rich man to make it into heaven. That's because at that time to be a rich man meant you literally like were greedy. Like right. you did take it from other people now in, in days, especially, um, in a capitalist society that we live in, the pie is ever growing. We have credit now. Credit did not exist back then. Credit is basically like a promise that the economy is going to keep growing. So nowadays it, you were not a bad person if you have a lot of money. You did not take that money from anyone else. You People gave you that money, and there's going to be way more money made in the future. Um, but now, 
money can be such a powerful tool because the more you make, the more voice you have in the world, the more energy you have to do good. Yeah. Um, as soon as I've developed that, I'm like, man, like it's no longer like I want to make money so I can drive a sports car. It's like, it's kind of like my duty and my responsibility to make a lot of money because I can use it for good. Money is kind of like the scorecard of how well you're doing in business, but also in like, I, yeah, I think people like get caught up in the fact that like, obviously we probably said the money, like the word money, like a hundred times money, 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 money. or like 500 times on this podcast. But like, I do want to make it clear that like neither of us want to make more money for the sake of money. It's the fact that it's the scorecard for business, but it's also, yeah. it allows us to do way more good things. It allows us to do way more good in the world. It also is the scorecard of how many people you're helping, mm -hmm. right? Because you don't just, one, you don't have enough time and resources to just train people for free. And so the amount of money you make is directly in proportion to the amount of people that you help. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we're using and talking about money as, a, you know, a, a means to measure things and, and, and a lot of things in life. But really, it's more about what that money allows us to do, the impact we are able to have and the amount of people that we're able to help in my coaching program, also my employees and yeah. your coaching program, like getting people healthier, like we solve problems with our businesses. And so more money means that we're actually solving and making more people's lives better. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the thing that motivates me more than, um, making money, it, the thing, again, it's like a scorecard. So I don't think about like the actual money, all the things I'm going to buy. Right. Like you don't think about that. You literally think like we're just competitive by nature a little bit. And you're like, okay, I made this much this month. Well, I wonder if I can make this much next month. Yeah. So, um, but also the thing I think about more than that is honestly like the, yeah, the people, um, the culture, the impact that, that we're going to have as you know, with, with Tua and the culture, um, within the company itself, I think about, Devin Spencer, um, the, my other coaches with Tua, I think about their future families that they're creating and being able to provide an opportunity where they're taken care of financially. Mm -hmm. I think about everyone else in Tua, my other close friends within the organization, um, and building opportunities for them inside the company. That's the thing. I, I spend way more time thinking about that and you'll I find all the things I could buy. <laughs> and you'll find that when you start thinking about that stuff, money will just come even faster because you're a good steward of it. I mean, we were even talking about, we've been talking about this this whole weekend, how like, I don't have like any nice things. I, I was going to say, you could literally buy a Lamborghini every other month, but you don't have any Lamborghinis. <laughs> no, I don't. I still have the car that I got when I graduated college. I still wear like clothes from high school. You don't have a Cartier bracelet. I don't. I know. I need to get one. Even though you could buy one every day. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like we're not spending stupid things we're not spending our money on stupid things which is you know i truly believe that that's why god blesses us because we're being good stewards of it and we're deploying it for his kingdom i mean it's getting like really spiritual now but that's <laughs> like truly what i believe and i think that like regardless of what you believe the better steward and the more smart you are with money the more it will just naturally come it comes back to that mindset about everything around money yeah uh, and one thing i've noticed about you it's not that you're specifically trying super hard to be humble about it um, it's literally just like you're just literally being you. The money hasn't changed you at all. Um, you don't have a Cartier bracelet because you just you don't have a Cartier bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could you could make a million dollars a week and you probably still wouldn't have a Cartier bracelet. You'd wait until I convinced you hard enough to yeah. go get one, right? Because <laughs> um, the money hasn't like changed you in that regards, which yeah. I think is really cool. Um, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, making money. So I mean, obviously, you make way more than me, but like as soon as I started to make let's say an above average income, um, 
it is interesting because you do have a moment where like you, 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 you figure out a lot about yourself in that moment, I guess. Um, you figure out, I don't know. You just, yeah, you figure out a lot about yourself. What One really matters. My to you, earliest you know? business partner, his name was John much. He's old. He's a little bit older, but much wiser man than me. And, uh, he used to say this all the time that, uh, a lot of people think that money makes people assholes and hopefully you don't get mad at cuss. <laughs> but, uh, but he said that money makes you more of the person that you are. Yes. So if you're a good person, it just allows you to be an even better person. If you were an asshole to begin with, then yeah, it's going to make you more of that. Yeah. I, I, man, I think that's so true. If anything, it's, it's <laughs> on the, on the contrary, it's made me recognize the weaknesses I do have in the sense where like, I still feel, um, almost like a, a small angst towards people growing up who like maybe doubted me and, mm-hmm. and things like that. I, I have this attitude like, man, if, if only they knew, you know, yeah, me too. And, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's in a sense, it's like that's the thing good. that started my business, but that's not the thing that fuels me to continue yeah, to run it. To- totally. Yeah. yeah. If anything, it should make me realize like, okay, I need to probably get over that type of stuff. Some therapy or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, by shouting out to them on the podcast by name. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> awesome. Okay. So there's some questions on Instagram that we got, um, some pretty good ones too. Let's see if we can find the best ones. Um, yeah. What's your biggest regret and what decisions are you most proud of when it came to building your company? Mm, regrets always a really hard one to answer because anything that I feel like I've done bad from caused me to learn and put me in a better position. Um, so like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about the way that anything happened because I think that it would, I wouldn't be where I'm at without all of the failures or things that I learned from, which is kind of a cop out to the answer. So I will probably, I guess it's like one, it's still not like a regret, but like one thing I guess I would change that like I'm still working on is scaling faster, but this is also kind of a good thing. So I, I have this like problem where I won't scale up ads when I know that I could and just make more money. If I feel like the fulfillment of my course is going to break. So like, if I feel like people aren't going to get as good of results, I need to go back and fix all of that in order to feel good about scaling even more. So I don't really regret that, but that would, that would allow me to make more money, but also it wouldn't be as like resilient long-term. I don't know. That's, I don't really have any regrets. Yeah. Like I could think of several from myself regarding like, you know, business partners and things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, if I hadn't have made those decisions, would I actually be where I'm at today? Yeah. You know? Cause like my, my business partner that was eight months of legal stalemate where I couldn't do anything one he's the one that sued me so like i don't really have a chance with that but um i also learned so much from that opportunity and also like i wish him the best today and i hope that he's doing great i haven't talked to him since <laughs> since the beginning of it but we'll get him on the podcast too with you for a part two <laughs> perfect but like even that like i learned so much from that and it taught me to actually pay lawyers they're worth the money that they charge it taught me to um honestly that entire situation is the reason that I came to God. So I would never take that away. Um, it taught me to, with this new business partnership that I started a week ago, like I vetted this extremely thoroughly, which I wouldn't have done. So every single thing teaches you a lesson. So I wouldn't want to change it. What was the other thing? Regrets. And then what? Um, just like decisions that you're most proud of. Most proud of, um, my COO Carter, 
he uh, was working at KPMG, which is a big four accounting firm, working 80 hours a week, literally hating his life. Uh, he was like super depressed. And he, he came to me and he was my first hire ever. I just like, I, I wasn't, I didn't know if I was ready for an employee, but I just felt like I should do it. And I just rolled with it. And he's grown with me this entire time. And his, he's so much happier. And like he's making more now. He works less. He's about to get married. He gets to spend time with his family. Right. Like that's, that's been awesome. the coolest thing, like yeah. most fulfilling thing of my entire business. That's, that's pretty epic. I would even add to you like finding some sort of faith while you're becoming ultra successful. Mm. The world has it twisted because we do focus more on like, oh, if you get too much worldly success, like you're going to become this terrible person. But it goes back to what you said earlier. Like that's just, that's like, that's a toxic belief because it's not true. Like some of the richest people I know, like personally that have like shook their hands and stuff, like they're some of the best people I've ever met. Right. Um, Pretty crazy. So I think that's important though. You got to ditch that belief if you want to become someone that is wealthy. Like you got to, you cannot believe like that rich people are bad. No, that will completely cap your mm-hmm. like I, mental ability to scale yeah. or build a business or do anything. It's kind of somewhat side note before we move on. Um, just a quick one though, but me reading the book, you're a bad a at making money, <laughs> uh, literally like changed my life. Mm. Um, and Maddie too, but I thought I had a really good relationship with money, but that book really made me think. And that was something that I, I held really deep down, um, without who's, realizing who's that by? it. Uh, Jen Sincero. Okay. Very good book. Yeah. Um, and that book kind of called me out and I realized like, whoa, I think I do deep down believe that rich people are like inherently bad somehow. Mm. And I, I had to like get rid of that. Yeah, dude. I mean, a lot of people probably like from their upbringings or people Absolutely. that they're around like can have those beliefs and they don't even know that they have them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people need to do some introspection. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I do recommend that book though. It, it really makes you think. Um, okay, do you live by any philosophical beliefs? Well, like Christian beliefs, those <laughs> yeah. are like the main ones. Anything else like that? For, for instance, I'm really interested in like what really, I mean, you, you've said what pushes you and stuff, but it's hard to explain because I know Justin way better than the people on this podcast, but like you're not out, outwardly loud about your your mission and like what you stand for and what you're doing and stuff. You just like seem so chill but then your results are like the last the, the last thing but chill mm-hmm. so like <laughs> yeah what's the driver in in there um yeah i mean i think i talked about this a little bit but like the thing that initially got me to start is that probably growing up probably dude it's funny because like you probably remember me being a bully rather than getting bullied but (laughs) i don't know if you do but i i I wasn't the nicest kid in middle school but i don't know i just never felt like i fit in super well um i think being an outsider like really or at least feeling like i was an outsider really drove me to always just want to like prove to people that i'm the best I don't know. It's it's a I, lot of well, I I relate to that a lot. Yeah. So, so like that drives me more than anything. Like even today, like like in masterminds, like I'll go join a mastermind and in like I'm always just like, how can I be number one? Like how can I beat every single other person in here? Um, so I just kind of naturally have that drive, and then like that that gets me to do things and sacrifice things and like. Yeah, like at the beginning, like making a lot of money is cool because you're like, oh, I can have a big house, and like I can buy a car. But like, really, all that 
a big house, a big nice house and a car doesn't take that much money. And so then once you have enough money to do it and then you don't even buy those things, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, what are we doing this for? Um, but you know, at this point I continue to do things really for my employees more than anything. Like I love the the clients that we help and being able to change their lives. But more than that, I love being able to hire somebody that was like me that doesn't fit in, in a typical organization or a corporate world, but also may not have everything that it takes to be completely an entrepreneur and be able to create a home for them to where they can excel and be pushed and fit in a culture and just love going to work every day and not feel like they're trapped in this nine to five that they hate. Like that's what I'm super passionate about is being able to create more of that for employees, but also for the people that are entrepreneurs, give them hope and inspire them that Mm -hmm. they don't have to sit and live a life that they absolutely hate. Do more than anything, like I just want to be able to live the life that I want to live mm-hmm. and being trapped or feeling like you're like we, we live in a free country, but the fact that most people have to go to a job that they hate every single day, like it makes it feel like you're not in a free country. And so like, I'm just super passionate about inspiring people to the point that they don't have to settle for that. If that's something that they hate as much as I did. Yeah. Amen to that for sure. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I remember with you, like, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I was a big reason for why you didn't go become a police yeah. officer or let's, okay. We're going to talk about that for a second because I, I feel like I've, I have told this story before on the podcast, but not with you in the podcast, but, um, this happens a lot. I think without me realizing it because I convinced myself this way, but I was in, in a sense giving up, but without, without giving up, I convinced myself that stopping doing what I was trying to do, at, like building my fitness business and my coaching business and stuff, um, I was going to become a cop and that was going to be kind of like my way to get into the FBI. You have to work for three years after you get your college degree and then you can apply for the FBI Academy. I figured law enforcement would look good on the resume, so that's what I was doing. And I had just gotten married and I was like, okay, I'm like literally a husband now and I make zero dollars, so I should probably like man up and do something about that. So I was like, cop, super, you know, it's, it's respectable. Uh, I'd make an entire $43,000 a year. It was going to be epic. And um, then Justin came and visited me in Idaho. And he's like, dude, don't do that. Essentially, <laughs> that's the short version of the story. He's like, he's like, nah, bro. And I started to like not only believe in myself a little bit more, but that's when I did realize like, whoa, I was giving up. And and I had convinced myself I wasn't giving up though. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll still do the, you know, the fitness thing. I'll still make the YouTube videos, but I'll just be a cop. And like, nah, dude, I was absolutely like giving up without, without realizing it, yeah, um, dude. which is so sissy of me. Like but. that stuff right there is why I do what I do. Like why I continue to do what I do. And like, you're not even directly related to anything I do with my business. <laughs> but like, I feel like the more I do that, the more I push, the more I grow, the more I do anything, the more I have influence over people that were like me and inspiration more than influence over people that were like me to, to not just do what, just not settle. Like, cause I mean, if we go down like the worst case scenario, like you could have become a police officer, Maddie, if you didn't continue with your business, who knows if Maddie would have continued with hers, Probably not. you guys probably wouldn't have been loving your lives. You guys wouldn't mm. do what you, you know, are wanting to the do. The thing we love to do the absolute most is hang out together. Yeah. Like we, me and Maddie, um, we like to be together all day. Like, 
yeah we, we have a really good marriage <laughs> that's awesome and dude. it's like when i was going through the schedule i was like okay so let's let's figure this out i'd go to work at like i don't know 6 a.m i come back at 6 p.m uh so we could hang out for like a couple hours that day maybe oh my gosh like it's like worst life ever dude, dude i'm not, not being mention, able to do the thing that i want to do the most it's an extremely dangerous job so like it definitely can be dude who knows like maybe i made your life two times longer <laughs> no, seriously though yeah yeah i mean who knows though thanks for that by the way but hopefully with this podcast um there can be some other people yeah. that are reached and kind of inspired mm-hmm. but it's like yeah man it's just like not like i love like letting people realize that they need to not be afraid of fighting against settling yeah because it's not like it's not work 40 years at a job you hate so that you can then enjoy your life for the next 10. And then after 10 years of retirement, you're basically too decrepit to move. And then you're trying to like fit everything into these years. Like you should be enjoying your entire life, especially with the way the world's moving, the technology advances, the opportunities that are around mm-hmm. like anybody that there's, it's completely fine to have a job. But for those people that hate it as much as I hated it, and I'm guessing that you probably did too, like, don't be afraid to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of people will hear that and still maybe feel like, oh, it won't be me though. Like I'm not like that. Like, maybe you've, you've, your uh, paradigm of, of life is that that's what you do. You saw your parents do it. You saw all your friends do it. But like we're telling you, like there are opportunities out there and you don't have to be, you don't have to be this crazy like one percenter um, genius person to do it. You can be a very normal person. Mm-hmm just refusing to to be average um okay let's let's get back into this this is getting longer so we'll um try to find the best of the best um any lessons you wish you would have learned sooner maybe kind of ties into like everything found its place eventually but (laughs) yeah i would i would say being open to new things um i i honestly Dude, when I, when I first started the way to blanket business, I had no idea that I would want to make YouTube videos or create like a coaching company. Um, and it took me a little while to like come to terms with that. Like I knew it was the best opportunity, but in my mind, I was like, am I that person? Can I be that person? Right. Should I be that person? That's like, you know, making content and all that stuff. Um, because I had never, never done anything with cameras or videos or anything like that. Um, and so just like, and I mean, now, now I'm really good at it. Like I'm open-minded to anything and like, I'll try anything and I'm not afraid of it, but just like, I wish I could have done that faster. Yeah. Cause I think I could probably be like one or two years ahead if I would have embraced that sooner. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I would say like decisions I wish I would have made. I, I've had this weakness in the past. We're still overcoming it, to be honest. But I will um, wait with people too long. And if someone doesn't get it and taking action, even though I'm ready, I'll wait for them. Yeah. And that has slowed me down in life so much. Mm-hmm. So I've I'm I'm way better than I was now. But Dude, like, you need, you need to set the pace. And if people can't run with you, then you need to find new people. Yeah, basically, like take action um, and just start doing. Um, and the people who can keep up, that's your circle right there. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's the culture your company needs too. like, yeah. they'll be attracted to you doing that rather than uh-huh. you telling them and then not acting on it. Yeah. I, I, I could have shut off like years probably. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay. Next up we got, 
Um, were there moments where you didn't think it was going to happen and what did you do? I think that's a good one because uh-huh. I'd say so far the storyline of this podcast is you just kind of like assumed everything would just work out. Was that always the case? So I will say that um, my goal for a long time was to make $100,000 a month and I thought that was very unattainable and then we crushed past that last year (laughs) and now like the goal is a million dollars a month so one i didn't think that where we're at right now was possible for me like i didn't and then it just was from just continuing to work like continuing to grind and doing the same things that got just continuing to do the hard things because a lot of people will hit like when we had 100k like to get to 300k it's just more of what got you to 100k and a lot of people will want to go and try and do a new fancy thing or start a new business or something like that that's not the thing to do you just keep doing the boring stuff that got you there but more of it i mean there were times that were like i had doubts and kelsey probably has way more stories that she remembers than i do that's my wife Mm -hmm. of me like talking to her about like actually okay there were two times where i actually applied for a job, which is insane to me, but it was like, I applied for like senior, senior media buyer at like really large companies. And I think I, if, if they would have offered me like 150, 200, like per year, not per month, <laughs> uh, I probably would have taken it and that would have like wrecked this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a great salary too, you know? Yeah. But... Just to this, that goes to prove that like, I, this is, a little bit more advanced, but this is where I've been recently is like finding top talent. And sometimes top talent comes from you hiring somebody that is an entrepreneur because there are times in business where people don't want to continue to juggle all of the plates going on. And I, I was there a few times. Um, but if I really sat and thought about it, I don't think there was ever a time that I believed that it wouldn't happen. Right. And had I actually got offered those jobs, I don't know if I would have taken them, but I did apply two times. It is crazy, though, because I think a lot of people love that comfort, and comfort's tempting, man. Mm -hmm. Um, But just think about that. Like, they would have gotten an awesome job, um, but they could have also made that every single month had they just keep going instead of per year. (laughs) I probably would have got fired, too, because I'm not a good employee. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's fine. Okay, we just got a a couple last ones. We'll do this one first, um, and I'll I'll answer first, but then I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, best practices when switching from buying products to buying assets and investments. So I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people who want to start making money, make the mistake. So let's say they they have an average income or whatever. Their first move is like, okay, what stock should I buy? What crypto should I buy? Got to buy Bitcoin. Blah 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 blah. All these little things, hoping something happens. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not gonna say like, don't invest in Bitcoin or Ethereum. I will. Or, okay, I will. there you go. I will. And I have I have friends that that um, are a lot more educated on the subject than me, and they do it. They put a little bit in. They can afford it. It's all good. Whatever. I'm not I'm not even saying no to that or hating on that. But I am saying like. The best thing you could do is be actually investing in yourself. So even to the point where you're making three or four times the average American, like like in my shoes, I'm still not thinking of, okay, what stock should I be investing in? I'm still like, I need to learn something else. I need to get better at marketing. I need to get better at sales. I need to learn something, email marketing, something. There is something I need to do and put back into my business because my biggest asset, the thing that has the biggest return is my company. It's not Bitcoin. 
It's my company. So that's where the money's going, bro. I don't have any other investments. I'm not thinking, oh man, I got to start another business. I need seven sources of income because every millionaire's got seven sources of income. Nah, I'm going to make sure my company is making a million dollars or more. And then I'll be like, okay, you know, maybe I have some extra time or something. Maybe, maybe if the timing is right and the opportunity is right, I'll put it somewhere else. But that is where all your money and time needs to go into. Yeah. Thoughts. <laughs> what's the, what's the specific question? It said best practices when switching from buying products to buying assets and investments. I guess I don't understand the products. I part. think he might be trying to say like be, becoming a consumer to someone that's more becoming an investor. Well, first of all, stop being a consumer at all. That's, <laughs> if you, if you, if you want to have wealth, stop being a consumer. Um, but also, yeah, before like, so stop buying stupid things. Then don't go into buying. Well, it depends. There's two types of people. Do you want to, do you have a, do you want to start a business or do you have a job where leveling up your skills can directly affect your income? Or do you just have a job where like leveling up your skills won't really change anything? If you are in the second one and you don't want to start a business, then yeah, it's just, just go the safe route, get some life insurance first and then dollar cost average which means like you make, you know, you're just, you're just splitting it up evenly into these different pots, but dollar cost average into uh, stocks, probably like an ETF. And then if you want to do some Bitcoin, do like 10% of your income, your income into Bitcoin, NFTs, metaverse, but don't, I wouldn't have, have a percentage, but like have majority of your percentage go into, you, you want a foundation first. This is all like any financial advisor, but that's like the mm -hmm. perfect client for a financial advisor. Just, just go watch a financial advisor's YouTube channel. Now for somebody else that has, uh, that either has aspirations to start a business or is in a position where leveling themselves up can make their income go up. I think that every single dollar you make, and I say every single majority of the dollars that you make should be going into developing your skills mm -hmm. until you can no longer generate skills that are going to directly raise your income. So when you're younger or when you're first starting out, you're, you shouldn't really be worried about wealth building because if you go into it with a mindset of wealth building, you're actually going into a mindset of creating a plan B for yourself and creating a nest egg that you will fail. So you already have the wrong mindset that you're not going to succeed. Second of all, you really want to just go and put as much back into getting your income higher and higher and higher and higher until you reach a point that you really can't continue to get it much higher, which that's a big place. Like for a lot of people, you can continue to get it higher. Um, and then at that point you'll start making extra, but I would always put it into mentorship or your business or yourself before you start putting it into any of these other things. Yeah. I would say, especially if you're like really not making a lot of money, I mean, if you're hopping job to job, like the last thing your money should be going is this like stupid dumb stuff. Yeah. Um, like, sorry, but like that. Bitcoin's not going to become, you make you a millionaire anytime soon. No. Or, you know, just... Yeah. And neither are stocks, neither is real estate for investing. Like if you're going to wholesale, that's a, that's a business. But yeah, like any of that stuff, tr like truthfully, like investing is really for people that are already have very high incomes. Yeah. Cause for the most part, you know, unless you're that number one person, you can pro like, even if you're 
doing marketing or you're doing sales or you're a COO of a company, you can always find someone that is doing that better than you and have them teach you how to get better at that, which will lead to either more income in sales or it'll lead to promotions in your job, like whatever. There's a lot of ways to up your skills, which will up your income, even if you're in a corporate level structure. I think where I'm at, um, my skills, my skill level directly impacts the amount of money I make. Yeah. Um, and so it, I've even ca- gotten caught in the trap of, of kind of looking into real estate investments and stuff. And it's like, that's a whole lot of effort to put into something that's going to make me $600 a month. Yeah. Um, like I just bought a, my first real estate investment property last month, but at the same time, like over the last three months, I've put almost 300,000 into (laughs) an office that is literally going to raise my income even more because the reason I'm building that office out, yes, there's a ton of the cool, the best thing to do is find fun things that you want and also figure out a way to have them be assets. So yes, I'm putting a golf simulator in my office and yes, I'm going to have a basketball court and yes, I'm going to have a gym. Those are all really fun things that I like, but at the same time, I'm creating this office to be a place where at any time a camera can be turned on and it's a perfect place and a perfect background for content to be shot, which is going to go back into the business. And so everything that's where I'm constantly thinking is like, where can I invest money? And so all that goes back into the business. I'm investing, you know, investing in the business is is such a broad topic, Mm -hmm. but like all of that is going into a way that's going to continue to increase my income. Yeah. I mean, like I think about that book I mentioned, um, you're a bad at making money. Um, Jen, Jen Sincero, um, that book directly impacted my income going up like literally $10,000 a month. And that book cost $8 on Amazon. Um, <laughs> pretty insane. And, but like, I think that's one thing you brought up is like investing in your business, what that actually means and stuff. And a lot of it can mean like your own skill set. Um, other, other things like I invest my money personally, like my business money into, um, my content creation, my branding guy, mm-hmm. Huey, all that stuff. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Employ Like that's the thing, like your business is going to, even if it only got a 200% return, like for a business, that's not crazy good, but for an investment, like you, like 10% is good for an investment. So if you go into hiring a new employee and that raises your income, like you can earn such higher percentages from investing in this asset that you've already created. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the last one. This is it. Um, how have relationships with friends and family changed? And have you had to cut people out? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I was actually talking to my wife about this yesterday because I love going to these masterminds because I feel like in Omaha, not that they don't exist, but I haven't found anyone that is... You know, when they talk about like, you are the five people you're around the most, Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm back in Omaha, especially for a long time, I'm being brought down Yeah, because there's just not the same caliber of entrepreneur that there is like when I go to these events. And Mm so I love going to these events, but I'm also like, not just going to cut out, I, I will cut out toxic people, but there really haven't been that many toxic people in my life. Um, but for those of you that do have toxic, you, you do really need to cut those people out of your life. But what I found is that like, there are a lot of people that I do mentor. So one of the things you're, you're not in this boat because when I hang out with you, you make me grow 
on the fitness side of things. And honestly, like your mindset is very strong and very sound. So you are somebody that does raise me up. So I do love okay, hanging out with thank you. Goodness. Oh um, but there are a lot of people that I do mentor. And because of that, I'm basically the top in the circle of five people. And so then I get brought down and it ends up being a lot of taking from me. Not that I don't love doing that, but when you're constantly you surrounded by that, taken you. yeah, you need, you need to find other people that can fill mm -hmm. you up and bring you back up so that you can be the light to these other people. Yeah. And so, um, what it's resulted in is it's me traveling a lot and being in a lot of mentorship groups so that I can find those people that are going to elevate me. And then when I am around people that don't always elevate me, um, I elevate them. Yeah. I, I really like that. Um, and I, as far as I'm, I understand with family and stuff, I don't think much has changed there. No. And I would say mostly because you haven't really changed negatively at all yeah. from <laughs> making money. I think the one thing that I will say, like I did notice this this year, like when I went on family vacations, I'm just a little quicker to me and my older brother, like we are close, but we constantly like fight with like, like we like pick at each other. Like we're only 15 months apart. So like we've constantly just been that way. And so like, I'm a little more like I snap a lot quicker than I normally do. I have a little less patience, just things like that, that I need to be careful of. And that I, I notice when I spend a lot of time just on family vacations and things like that. Um, I just think at the end of the day, you just need to be very cognizant of like what's happening to you and really try to be. Um, but yeah, I haven't had to like cut any family members out or anything like that. Yeah. I think, I think cut out is maybe a strong word because, um, if I've, if I've like cut out friends, like no, I actually we'll say, okay. Oh, so I haven't cut out anybody, but and my mom may watch this podcast, but <laughs> even like up until, I don't know, like several months ago, every time like my mom would see a job post, she would like send it to me. And like, That's I was so making a lot more money than I was <laughs> when I had a full-time job. And she would constantly be like, Oh, you should like get a job and like not be not just so she, I love her and she is very supportive in a lot of ways, but she also just is not the risk taker that I am. And so she constantly is just always like, well, what if this happens? Like worst case scenario type thinking. And to me, it's like, that's not even a possibility. Yeah. Like the things that you're worried about literally are not a possibility to happening to me because if my entire business crashed tomorrow, I have very great marketing and advertising skills and very great sales skills. I mm -hmm. could, I could probably just go sell my time. Like I, I could, yeah. I can just make money. So yeah. like, I'm not worried about it, but that's like one thing that I will net, like I don't cut her out. I don't talk to her any less or anything like that, but I basically have the ability to shut my brain off when I hear things right. that come in like that. That's okay. That's I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because that was kind of my experience and not necessarily when I started to make um, okay money and stuff more. So when I was trying to stay in the positive mindset, of believing in myself that I could make money with family members. Um, I mean, I, honestly, like my parents overall have been pretty, pretty good with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my they're, grandma, they're pretty entrepreneur. They are. Yeah. I think that's why they're pretty entrepreneurially minded, but I, I, yeah, I would say like my grandma, maybe she's listening to this or not. I don't know. Hey, what's up grandma. <laughs> um, she would ask me every single Sunday, like I'd go over there for dinner. Um, and every single Sunday she'd be like, so what are you going to do for work? What do you, mm -hmm. what's your plan after you graduate? Like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you should do this. You should do this. And every time I'd give her the same answer. Like I already have a job. I'm going to do my own thing. And you know, like you gotta, I guess you gotta be a little bit humble about it because it's like at that time I wasn't making money. Um, and sometimes you do have to prove yourself to people, mm -hmm. you know, 
I, she doesn't ask me anymore if I'm going to go get a job. That's good. I think she understands now. Like yeah. she sees us doing well. Um, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, you know, it's like, I think she gets it now. Mm-hmm. Um, my family's been really nice uh, about everything and supportive. Um, as far as like friends and stuff go, I don't want to say I've like cut out friends cause that's really like savage. But like at the same time, if you are always getting weighed down by people, um, then like whether it be emotionally or like just anything, um, maybe those are the type of people that I'll like talk to a little bit less because it can be quite exhausting. So I actually am a really bad friend. Like I won't, <laughs> I won't reach out to people like just naturally. Um, and like for two years while I was building my business, I like wouldn't really text people back. Um, and so anybody that doesn't like have anything in common with what I do, I have like four close friends and like, we will talk like when we do. Um, but other than that, like I don't really reach out to people and I think people, I don't know, maybe get upset about it. But at the end of the day, it's just like, I'm focused on my business and like if they reach out to me, I'm not going to not respond, but I just... If I, if I was constantly worried about having to maintain relationships, like that shouldn't be on just one person. That's a two-way street. And at the end of the day, like you can't, I don't know, maybe some people can, but I can't have like 20 friendships that I'm constantly maintaining. That's too much yeah. work. And well, so like- I, I get that. Like I could, I could text you and if you didn't reply, which I don't even know if that's ever happened, but like the last thing I'm going to do is be offended. Right. Like I'm instantly going to be like, Oh, he's obviously busy. Duh. Like, I'm not going to just think I have priority over your time, you know? And it's easier with you because like we're interested in similar things. So like I, I will just text you out of the blue because it's about business or it's about fitness or it's about that stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably been some people that have maybe like tried to be friends with me in the last couple of years. And I'm really bad about just like not communicating with anyone, but my wife, but I don't know. It's y'all have priorities and I don't know. That's just how I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say like the only friends that I've had to be more wary of is, um, I will say a lot of people, people from back home, anyone who has like the mindset that like they're not willing to grow in, in certain aspects that can be really hard for me. Yep. I don't really like that. I got out of hometown at 18 and that was that I technically lived there for another like year and a half when I was like 20 something, 25, but like friends who are making excuses a lot. Um, it's, it, it really has nothing to do with their income, but like if they're working really hard, I don't care if they're making no money at all. Like if they're working really hard and like actually doing something about their situation, then they have my support hundred percent and my respect. If they're, always complaining about their situation and not doing anything about it or making a lot of excuses or not living up to their, their expectations or anything like that. I'm just at some point, like I I actually have, like, I would say one of my weaknesses is like, I always try to play fix it. You know, Mm. I'm like Mr. Fix it. I want to like go and like help everyone in my own way or whatever. And like that can really backfire sometimes because it drains me. And if someone is still just not willing to do anything about their situation, they'd rather sit back and complain than I'm left at the end of the conversation. Just like, dead and like need to call Justin and ask him how much he made that day or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really how my wife is too. Like she will, she'll have patience to like really sit there and like listen to people talk about their problems. If we're like on a double date and the couple we're with is just complaining about politics or complaining, like I have no patience for that. I have nothing in common with that. I won't talk about the news. I won't talk like that's where, 
Kelsey probably gets mad at me because I will ruin relationships we have because <laughs> I just I will never meet with them again if that's all they tell. Like, no, but that unfortunately, the vast majority of people, the things that they want to talk about is other people via gossip, yeah, politics, how their life sucks, and like mm. that's not a growth mindset. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. So that's where I can become a really bad friend if people don't have growth mindsets. It, but, and it's like I get that, man. And it's like sorry, but it's like it is really draining, you yeah. know? And, and it's like, okay, we could, we could deal with that. Or we could talk to like our crew of guys. It's like, yeah, we're always talking about what's, what's next. What are we chasing for right now? What's our goal? How are we going to do it? Yep. Like, and it's, it's like so positive. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It feeds you. It doesn't take from you. Yeah. So I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> that's all the questions we got. This is a super long podcast, but I think it's really good. I think people are going to love this episode. Um, any like last words or anything you want to throw out there? No, I mean, I, I enjoyed being on it. I think at some other point, like if, if we ever want to do one more about like the structure of my company, hiring people, all that stuff, cause we really didn't get into much of that. Um, I'd love to talk about that stuff too, but yeah, I hope your audience enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to put out more like entrepreneurial content. So my, my name on YouTube is Justin Thomas and, it's Justin Thomas IAM on Instagram if people want to find some of my content. But appreciate you having me. Yeah, I, I really wish we would have gone into um, your social media following. So I'll make it quick oh, in yeah. like a 10 second summary. So this dude doesn't have a lot of followers. I mean, not that you don't have followers, you do, but like it's it's cool to see you succeed I've the been way able you to have build it out relying on a million Instagram followers. Yeah, I've got like, like 5,000 YouTube subscribers and. 1800 i just crossed 1800 from 1700 yeah like yesterday on instagram that's awesome and yeah. i think i have uh like 62 followers on tiktok so nice really growing Oof. over there tiktok <laughs> yeah well that, that's awesome man and um again like i've said this but like thanks for everything you've done for me for just helping me believe in myself a little bit more helping or stopping my um my belief systems that want to like limit myself and hopefully you guys feel motivated from this talk um i think this this fits perfectly with just our culture of trying to be uncommon and um just better ourselves in every in every aspect so thank you um yeah follow him on instagram everything like that follow tua at take uncommon action and we'll see you in the next episode peace out <laughs>